Welcome back. We're talking to Daniela Rua and Patrick Murphy, and we're going to turn our attention to prenatal fitness. Patrick, you trained Daniela. How did you guys meet? How long ago uh, wow. did you meet? A, I want to say this is probably year eight. Yeah, eight, about eight years or ago. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, I was working on an episode in the show in season one, um, and uh, we had this uh, wonderful uh, stunt guy who's actually... Um, yeah, Chad Stahelski. Chad Stahelski, who directed John Wick now, but he was a stunt coordinator oh. um, mm-hmm. and is an amazing stunt guy for Keanu Reeves and a bunch of other actors. Um, and he came in and he choreographed this fight scene for me. And we got to talking and he's, we were talking about working out. And I said, I just moved to L.A. and I was looking for a trainer. He said, well, I know this guy called Patrick Murphy. Hmm. You guys should meet. And it just so happened that Patrick was the gym that Patrick works at is uh, was right next to where I was living at the time. And it just kind of tried yeah. Patrick and... I help, it, I help a lot of stunt guys. They have a lot of injuries. Yeah. So I'm the corrective exercise guy who can mm-hmm. train someone high intensi- intensely without hurting them, even if they have an existing rotator cuff tear or a messed up knee. I could still take their bodies and, and get a good workout out of them. With modifications? Or? Yeah, just proper human movement, creating good rhythms, staying away from things that would flare up an injury. I'm just good at programming people who have like evil Knievel of injuries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> taking their body and getting something out of them. So it's highly individualized. It's not like you Absolutely. open up your book and say, now we're going to do Ex- no, yeah, no, I, don't, I don't believe in cookie cutter anything in, the, in, in nutrition or exercise programming. Mm. So, um, Had you done a fight scene before that? Was that your first? That was my, no, that was my first stunt fight scene, actually, I think. Yeah, because it was season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first stunt fight scene. Um, was it exciting for you? Oh, it was so exciting. Um, first of all, at some point when I was a kid, I think being a stunt woman was definitely on the table for me. And by young, I mean like eight or nine. So oh, what did wow. I know about that? I remember literally doing somersaults backwards down my aunt's staircase in her house. Because I thought, <laughs> if I'm going to be an actress at some point, I'm going to have to do this. You know, It's <laughs> one of the hardest was, stunts, by the way, <laughs> going down a flight of stairs. <laughs> it is. So I was like practicing falling down the stairs because I'd, I either didn't realize that there was really a distinction between the two jobs or I thought I'd end up being doing both or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, my dad would and my mom would take me to stuff like MGM Studios and Florida and, and you'd get all those like stunt shows where the cowboys are fa- getting fake shot and falling off the buildings onto mattresses that are hidden behind cars. So this whole world of active stunt acting thing was always so fascinating to me. Um, so I was very excited for my first fight scene. And then because again, because the dance and gymnastics background that also helped a lot with, mm-hmm. with understanding the choreography process Movements. of it. Movement. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no. And then um, so Patrick and I started training together and then, you know, eventually met my husband and yeah. a stunt guy my stunt guy right. <laughs> the irony of ironies exactly, yeah. um and uh yeah and so when i got pregnant patrick trained me before during and after and um and oh. now for the second pregnancy as well i wouldn't switch him out for the world well that's the <laughs> ringing endorsement um you're on your eighth season yeah season eight mm-hmm. do you do a lot of stunts well, not right now. No, no, not with do that soon. Thing. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I would, but they don't let me. Uh, but through the years, throughout the oh, a lot. Yes, we do do. I definitely have a stunt girl who's phenomenal. Um, and uh, but when it comes to fights, I'm always like, please, 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 let me do as much as I can. You know, obviously, you can't flip me onto my back um, because if I injure myself, then I can't come to work with the next day. Right. So, or I have to come to work with you. <laughs> or you'll have exactly. to come to work with me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but yeah, so it depends what it is. If I get have to get hit by a car, then no, I don't do that kind of stuff. If I have to jump over a car, they don't let me do that either. But, you know, for the fight sequences, I try and do as much as possible of 
You like it. You still like it. I love it. Yeah. I love more, it. More and more. <laughs> I think I'm so much tougher than I am. I really am not that tough. People are like, <laughs> do you have a fighting background? I was like, no. You seem Not tough. at all. I don't know. I work with a lot of people. You seem tough. No, no. You work that's, with it's a lot all lip. She, she's it's tough. all lip. She's got lip. that tomboy underneath all this <laughs> it's for sure. Tomboy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. tomboy tough. Yeah. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. Patrick, so do you have specialized training? Is there specialized training for for trainers in prenatal fitness? Yeah. So National Academy of Sports Medicine is a great organization, and, and they you can take education through them. And I definitely take prenatal courses and continuing education credits in that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But again, once I get that foundational setting, I'm off my own because I've been doing this for so long. Everything comes easy to me on uh, what what's what's appropriate, what's not. Because you're doing modifications anyway for yeah. all of these different types of things that come up. So pregnancy is just another area for you to modify. Right. And having the corrective exercise background, it's kind of like, um, you know, it, it's easy to program someone through pregnancy if I'm if I'm a corrective exercise person to begin with because I don't do high-risk exercises even if you're not pregnant what do you mean by high-risk high uh, burpees burpees is a high-risk exercise I don't know if I should get into that <laughs> burpees <laughs> how much of your practice is um, prenatal oh I mean through the years the last 20 years I've done several dozen women through the last 20 years but I, I don't promote it as mm-hmm. I'm a pregnancy fitness trainer but, but your uh, clients when stay it happens, with you when well, so when I first started training, the first five years, I noticed women were getting pregnant, and they, okay, I'll see you in nine months or uh-huh. ten <laughs> months. And I thought, wait a second, you can work out. And then, then I started studying that more and getting into that, then offering, hey, you can continue to train with me. And so, does the ACSM specialty training for pregnancy is it more about what to do, or is it more about what not to do? Well, that's good. Um, it's it's they they touch on a little bit of both uh, in in that course uh, the prenatal uh, fitness course um, they're really safe and very broad with with it again it's a lot of cookie cutter information mm-hmm. so you know they're they're going to go on the safer tone of the whole book on what to do and what not to do right it, it, is I went to both chiropractic school and massage school and I think the number one driving factor in any kind of prenatal training is liability right which is risk to you as a practitioner but not to your necessarily risk to your client so in massage school i mean what the complaint i hear all the time is you can't get a deep tissue massage while you're pregnant because in massage therapy school at least where i went it was all about not using too much pressure not because the pressure Mm -hmm. is dangerous for the mother or the baby but because if you use a lot of pressure and something goes wrong right. in the pregnancy, they're going to come back and sue you. So right. it's sort of criminal because I don't know who needs a good deep tissue massage more than a pregnant woman, but That's it's hard true. to find. Well, you know? just like when in the book, if it says walking, no running, not necessarily true. If someone's an avid runner, they can jog during their first trimester. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, um, the fluid, the amniotic fluid protects the baby in that first trimester for a light jog but mm-hmm. I personally won't, don't have pregnant clients running mm-hmm. but it depends on who the individual client is and their background and their history yeah. I was gonna say there's there's probably two things to that one is you know um, as Patrick was saying like what is your body used to before you get pregnant 
Um, you know, so if you exercise, if you do yoga, maybe before pregnancy, then maybe yoga is going to feel great during pregnancy. Personally, right. I never do yoga, so I did it a couple times and I felt super nauseous when I've never felt nauseous before mm-hmm. during pregnancy. So that didn't work for me. But being in the gym with Patrick, lifting, you know, light weights at this point, that works for me when most people probably wouldn't like that. Right. Um, the other thing, too, is I think listen to your body. If something's not comfortable, then don't do it. Well, um, <laughs> you know, that doesn't work for me. Cause. Well, no, but I'm talking. I'm, I'm saying specifically during pregnancy. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. It's like I like jogging to work to, but to, you to work warm out. up, right? But so. I can tell you that I'm not comfortable jogging even in the first trimester, even though I jog when I'm not pregnant. So I have to listen to my body when it comes to that. Right. And it's like it's not comfortable, even though I'm used to it. So I'm just, just not going to do it for nine. Right. Months. I think that's an incredible point. Everything we just read so much and we're spoon fed so much. But mm-hmm. you worked out before you were pregnant. You know what feels right to you. Mm-hmm. And now you're pregnant. So if the same things that felt right to you before don't, then yeah. you listen to your body. We're, yeah. we're, not, we're so trained not to listen to mm-hmm. our bodies. Um, but with that point in mind, you sometimes get the opportunity to work with someone before she gets pregnant. Absolutely. Um, where would you start with recommendations for, for getting ready to hold a pregnancy? And well, um, it's, it's going to go down to the issues of perfect posture and alignment, uh, sending messages to the brain to promote that, um, strengthening the, all the whole pelvis, the glutes, the external rotators, the hips, and just create a sheath of strength in the low back and um, also keep you know flexibility and uh, it's just I, I do overall head-to-toe training you know full body um, I'm not gonna neglect a muscle group although some muscle groups are overexcited and too tight you probably need to lengthen and some muscles are too lengthened and weak and those mm-hmm. need to be activated and balance in balance so we have to uh, create the balance of that and, l- and create that nice length and tension relationship in the body but uh, I mean what I what I frequently hear in the office is my patients want to work out, whether they did before or didn't before. It's a new chapter, especially first baby, right? So they want to work out and get healthy, but don't know what they can do or can't do. And you hear so many things. You run, don't run, lift weight, don't lift weight, don't yeah. let your target heart rate go above or below a certain area. And a lot of them can't see a trainer, you know, several times a week. So yeah. where, where do they start? Well, I, if, if they don't have the professional guidance, then they have to be very smart and definitely take the safer route mm-hmm. and, and do the more moderate things to do. Um, but uh, that's an interesting question because I wouldn't want someone to do something they're not sure about or don't right. know anything about, and that's why I get hired. Um, but yeah. I also have clients only see me once every three weeks to learn something from me. And then they go work it on sure. in between? Sure, sure. I can teach someone a lot in one hour and one-on-one. I can vouch for that. <laughs> I see Patrick so. as frequently as I can, but um, but you know there are time periods where I just can't because I'm working too much or something like that. And when I can make it to the gym, which is you know after hours for Patrick, then um, you know I gotta do what he does with me in that one class and just kind of go with that. Um, but I just want to say something about the pre- women who you know get pregnant. I feel like as a woman and you know, being pregnant, the first thing my mom said to me when I got pregnant was, I'm going to tell you something that grandma told me when I got pregnant with you. You are pregnant. You are not sick. Mm. And that was such a statement that stuck with me because, you know, when you get pregnant, society has told you that you're this frail, 
thing. You got to sit down any chance you can. You know, you got to give her the seat, which is great. And it's gentlemanly to do that. But a lot of times I'm like, no, seriously, I'm fine. I, 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 I'm, I'm okay standing yeah. for five minutes. It's funny. When I was prepping this and I was thinking about you, I was like, you s- almost seem like the kind of person that would be offended if I got up to give you my seat. Like, <laughs> what, what's wrong with me? I'm not sick. Well, no. I mean, to me, listen, at this point, if I'm standing for 10 minutes, maybe I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll take your seat. You know, but the, the, the you know, right. but it's more about the reputation of what a pregnant woman represents, which is this soft, you know, again, frail fragile being and i think that you know we're probably at our strongest at this point you know you're doing something that is so connected to nature and god if that's what you believe in you know it's you're an incredible power at that point and to put it in women's heads that they are fragile when they're pregnant i think is really unfair and this depends on each woman of course like that's, i have felt strong my entire pregnancy there are women who are very sick in the beginning and need some time to whatever so i'm being i'm, I'm generalizing grossly mm. generalizing most people can feel good and strong and healthy during pregnancy. There are some symptoms of pregnancy that affect, you know, morning sickness is very mild compared to what happens to someone. They, they can't stop throwing up and feel nauseous 24-7, right. have to go to the hospital, have to get steroids. That is not, you know, quote-unquote morning sickness where you just wake up a bit nauseous, may or may not throw up, and then you feel fine an hour later. Um, and there are people that suffer through their entire pregnancy and... I feel like you those know, are more outliers than the norm. They are. Right? But th- and then you have this whole mm-hmm. middle group where, mm-hmm. like you said, seeds have been planted. They expect to feel uncomfortable. They right. expect to not be able to do the things that they did before. And so that, that becomes reality. Yeah. And, and, this, and this is a whole other broad, more broad topic. But, um, you know, I'm doing a lot of reading now and preparing myself for birth. And, you know, the one thing that these books I'm reading says is, you've been taught to fear birthing and you've Ooh. been told that it's going to hurt and so you convince yourself that that is the result to expect from birth and it's not necessarily the case for a lot of women if you you know practice certain breathing and et cetera, et cetera. but but you know the point is society which is made up of men and women are kind of informing you of something that isn't necessarily true and you're going with that instead of you know going with what your body's telling you We are going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart. Literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Which uh, which books are you reading? Um, <laughs> right now I'm reading um, Hypnobirthing, The Mangan Method, mm-hmm. um, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth, uh, those yeah those are on my nightstand right now. 
But even with my first pregnancy, you know, you just you read a lot of different things, and some things some things are more extreme, some things are the other extreme, and you just need to have to find a happy well, medium. You read, not demonizing <laughs> anybody. That's right. a start in the right direction to begin with. A lot Same. of people just get pregnant and assume, you know, in terms of birth, you just go to the hospital and do whatever they tell you to do. Yeah, absolutely. And medicine has changed so much, birth has changed so much, and become very medicalized that there are a lot of choices to make. And if you don't know there are choices to make, you'll just be pushed down right. one path or another. And in terms of the fear, I think it's not. 90% of birth happens in your mind yeah. and 10% in your body. You and I have these discussions on the massage table right. all yeah, the time. Right, yeah. But even what Patrick but was saying But same with earlier. weight training, though. Exactly. It's same it's with weight training. People think you're going to get hurt weight training. Well, you, you can get hurt weight training doing the wrong exercises. Right. right. There's a plethora of wonderful exercises for, for the pregnant woman. So. Yeah, and what Patrick was saying, you know, so he's like, what I was taught 20 years ago changed 10 years later. True. So, so as you say, medicine, Things information, evolve. everything's always yes. evolving. And there's so much information at our fingertips nowadays between Internet and just so many people around us who are more informed as well that, that it makes no sense. Patrick and I talk about this all the time. Like, it makes no sense not to search for that information and only rely on one person to get your information right. from. I, I feel like most people... The image of birth that they have comes from what they see in TV, what they see in movies, and what they yeah. read in newspaper <laughs> headlines, right? Yes. And if everything I knew about flying in an airplane came from what I saw in TV, movies, and newspaper headlines, I'd never get in an airplane. I never grow a wooden <laughs> Exactly. You know, you'd have to, like, knock me out like B.A. Barack is on the A-team because, <laughs> because I, I would no think. Plane. That's right. <laughs> I ain't get no plane. Uh, I think what would happen is um, I would assume every airplane is either going to just have engine failure and fall <laughs> out of the sky or be hijacked by terrorists or have snakes on it. Those are the only <laughs> three choices, right? I feel, I feel like the reality is almost worse, though, because you'll hear people say, like, oh, I just flew overnight. It was fine. But you'll rarely hear people say, like, oh, I just gave birth. Everything was, it was fine. Great. Yeah. You don't hear from those women. You only hear from your friend's 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 friend who had, like, the worst it birth ever. It was horrible. Right. Yeah. It's a people spread, right? Uh, and look, this is coming from a guy who never has to do it. But I, I just... Um, <laughs> but your wife did it four times. My wife did it four times. You're I definitely an active contributor to the birth community. I'm though. there a lot. I watch <laughs> the different experiences, and it, they can be night and day. Someone can have a really horrible, terrible experience and sort of just was pre-programmed for that going in. And someone can have an amazing, very empowering bride and almost be sad when it's over. Mm-hmm. And people don't believe me when I say that. But it, I've seen people just like down when it's over yeah because they're having such an incredible joyous ride through labor i had a mixed Mm. experience with my son it didn't go at all according to plan but when it was over my first thought was like oh i want to give it another shot (laughs) but that's you (laughs) did you use hypnobirthing for your first no i didn't i had just he was early and i had just started sort of like started to look into it and stuff but you know never no, I didn't use it at all. Um, and even now, I don't even know if I'm necessarily going to take a class, but I just want to know about it. And I'm just, I'm informing myself way more this time because the first time didn't go according to plan. How did you prep for it last time? Um, probably not as well as I should have, actually. Um, and it wouldn't have mattered anyway because my water broke and I didn't go into active labor and I had to get induced um, because my doctor at the time said you just have to after a certain number of hours, which. Um, is it was much m- much less hours than what a lot of other doctors would have recommended, and got induced and tried to do it without an epidural at the time with pitocin, which was not a great feeling because wow. pitocin heightens all the you know feelings and um, yeah. So I ended up getting an epidural because after 12 hours I was only one centimeter dilated, and I was like, if I just went through 12 hours of all mm. this and all, for only for one, one centimeter. centimeter. But at that point, now the more I read, I realized what was happening was I was feeling contradicted from the beginning because I didn't want to get induced. 
you know, but I also wanted to listen to my doctor, you know, so my whole body, I think, was just not connected to my mind. Before the birth, did you feel very on the same page with your doctor? Um, she never said no to me, but I didn't feel a whole lot of support at the she same time. She loved going in there and come out feeling awesome? No, no. I mean, but that's I That's my thing. That's like my benchmark. Do you now? Yes. See? Yeah, that's yeah, my I, I changed doctors, and I feel very confident. And, um, well, I also know that this doctor that I'm currently with, su- you know, is a supporter of home births, or was at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's too busy to, 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 to back home births now, but... Um, when you start off with a doctor who has that mentality, then a part of me feels like if he gives me a medical recommendation, I'm going to trust that a lot more because I know that he's starting off from a natural standpoint, you know, of doing this at home with no epidural, with a relaxed environment, you know. And so I trust him if he tells me that that's not going to be – I don't plan on doing it at home. I plan on doing it at a hospital, but still as naturally as possible. And I know that he has a support system for that. So mm-hmm. I trust his judgment much more quickly than I would the first time, Those than I did the first time around. Really important points. I, I feel like in Los Angeles, and we have so many obstetricians and places to give birth, that you could find a person on, in most parts of the country, I think this is true, or many parts, you can find a practitioner, your OB or your midwife, who makes you feel awesome mm-hmm. when you go in, like we are on the same page. And... Not only does that give you the confidence and make you happy about the whole thing, and just even when they come into the room, you know, we're animals. Um, and so we respond to the stimuli around us. When when the stimuli are relaxing stimuli, your blood flow comes into your uterus. When your stimuli are stressful, it goes away. It goes into your arms and legs so that you can run and so you can fight. And if you're in a setting when you're when you're in labor and you don't feel that support and you feel like, oh, you know, we're at odds on this thing, that blood flow comes away from your uterus and makes it harder for it to do its job. I mean, the whole thing you were waiting for is for your uterus to kick in and start contracting. Right. <laughs> doesn't mean your first doctor is not an amazing doctor. Right, it and just I think she is. the chemistry for you just wasn't work. the greatest fit. Exactly. And so, you yeah. know, there's a lot of people I think – are great people that would not make a good spouse for me, for example. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're bad people. So um, I'm a little biased, but I know you're doula, and I think that you're going to have a totally different experience. What is this it was doula? the same doula. It's just oh, you had? Yeah, it's just yeah. different doctors and actually different hospital, too. I feel like a doula is important, but I feel like your care provider is the most important. To be on, on that same page. Yeah. I think, And no matter what, I think you come out of it. Whatever the experience is, I think you could, first of all, safety-wise, what you said is when your doctor says, hey, we need to do this intervention right now, and you trust that provider so well, then you just run in and do the intervention. You're mm-hmm. not going to start second-guessing them and asking questions. That's a safety issue yeah, because if sure. you're there and they're like, hey, we got to go do a section, something's yeah. come up, and you start asking questions and it's emergency time, it's not safe. Yeah. So safety is one, but experience is the other. If you come out and, and you have a, a model vision of how you want your birth to go and it doesn't go exactly that way, but you feel supported the whole time and you are supported the yeah. whole time, you come out feeling a lot better than if you feel like, yeah. oh, maybe I wasn't with the right person. For sure. But it's interesting that you talked about the circulation earlier to the uterus versus like to your to your limbs as a fight or flight situation, which is exactly what Patrick was saying earlier. About circulation. Circulation being Absolutely. the healer of all things. That's also in, in Ina May's book that you're reading. Is She talks a lot about fight or flight. I think there's a chapter called like sphincters. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Have you actually, gotten there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I haven't it's gotten there. But I've been watching books. her and docu- you know, I watched her documentary too, and she talked mm. about that. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, obviously the vagina is not an actual sphincter, but it works right. like one. You know, it's like if you're on the toilet and you're halfway 
<laughs> doing your business and somebody walks in or startles you or you hear a prowler, your body shuts down and you're, it's like you don't feel the need to go anymore because now you're on fight or flight mode. Right, that's um, so I say that, you know, if, if you're very constipated and you're in there, just what setting would make you more likely to succeed, yeah. you know, just some quiet and some darkness, maybe a newspaper, not like, not like your spouse going, come on, you can do it. If you're not in love with any, everyone in your birthing room, it's like peeing in front of an audience. Yes. Yeah, it's just really hard. Yeah, it's true. It's like you can do it, but Because a lot of people are like, oh, you want to come to my birth? Okay, I don't mind, you know, come yeah. on. But that's not a, neutral's not good enough. No, it's not. It has to be, I really look forward to seeing you at my birth. That does it for part two. Tune in for part three of this three-part series with Daniela Rua and Patrick Murphy. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole lot.